This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, February 1st, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. FDA unveils overhaul. USDA memo details handling of land data. Caliph pledges clear decision-making authority for deputy. FDA Commissioner Robert Caliph is proposing a major reorganization of his agency centered around creation of a new human foods program. The plan unifies key focused areas, removes redundancies, and consolidates activities under the leadership of a new Deputy Commissioner of Foods. He says a national search is underway for the Deputy Commissioner, who will have, quote, clear decision-making authority and oversight of priorities to ensure a safe and efficient food supply. The reaction? Well, industry and consumer groups welcome the announcement as a good first step to act on needed changes called for in recent uh, reports detailing the organizational and cultural challenges that limit FDA's ability to effectively protect the U.S. food supply. However, the groups are looking for further details on how the deputy commissioner will function and the new organizational flow of different divisions at FDA. They're also concerned in some quarters about what was left out of the plan, including the Center for Veterinary Medicine. By the way, FDA Principal Deputy Commissioner Janet Woodcock will spearhead the Implementation and Change Management Group overseeing how the final changes will be made. You can read our full report on the FDA plan at agripulse.com. USDA Memo Staffing issue partly behind drop in foreign reporting penalties. An internal agriculture department memo says staffing shortages were part of the reason the agency did not assess any penalties for failure to disclose foreign purchases of U.S. farmland between 2015 and 2018. The memo, drafted by Farm Production and Conservation Division Deputy Undersecretary Gloria Montano-Green, also said the program was under the leadership of a new manager at that time. The document obtained by AgriPulse through a Freedom of Information Act request said that more staff had been hired and penalties have been resumed. Green relayed the information to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack's office sometime in October or November after being asked for background on the Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act and the agency's policy around foreign acquisition of farmland. The memo mentions a letter sent by more than 100 House Republicans to the Government Accountability Office in October asking for a study on the topic. Now take note, the document also says the penalties assessed, quote, have been low since the beginning of the program at the direction of the Secretary's office in the early 1980s. While fees for filing late can reach up to 25% of the fair market value of the land, most are around 1% of the land's value, the memo said. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top quality legal services that achieve cost effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Grassley sees growing concern about Chinese investment. Iowa GOP Senator Charles Grassley, who helped pass the existing foreign farmland reporting requirements in the 1970s, says lawmakers are hearing increased concerns about Chinese acquisition of farmland. Iowans raised this issue with me at my town meetings for an ownership competing with family farmers, he said. By the way, Grassley will be reintroducing legislation that would add USDA to the Committee of Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS. A second bill he's pushing would bar farm credit entities from lending money for foreign purchases of U.S. farmland. For a look at the new House Select Committee on China and how it could put some focus on ag land acquisitions, you can read our weekly AgriPulse newsletter. We also look at the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee's focus on health equity. Mexico's GM corn objections could have wider implications. The first and most obvious reason the Biden administration is prioritizing Mexico's threat to ban genetically modified corn is the impact it would have on U.S. trade. But the ban also could create a very negative precedent for international acceptance of biotechnology, according to Representative Adrian Smith, the Nebraska Republican. Smith, who chairs the Ways and Means Trade Subcommittee, spoke at a Capitol Hill reception last night hosted by the National Corn Growers Association. He stressed that he hopes the U.S. would not have to challenge Mexico in a dispute settlement process under USMCA. But USDA and USTR officials have said that remains an option. Jason Haffemeister, acting deputy undersecretary for trade at USDA, stressed the administration is loath to see other countries trying to take advantage of the U.S. by not living up to trade commitments. National Corn Growers Association President Tom Haig said simply, quote, we don't want another country telling us what to plant. You can check out the AgriPulse newsletter for a look at Mexican politics behind the issue. Dairy groups laud U.S. dispute with Canada. Groups representing the U.S. dairy industry are out in strong support of the Biden administration's decision to call for a second dispute resolution panel under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement over claims that Canada is unfairly manipulating its dairy import quotas. International Dairy Foods Association President and CEO Michael Dykes said the group is, quote, very grateful to the U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai for moving forward with this enforcement action against Canada, the resolution of which is a critically important matter for the U.S. dairy producers and processors. Despite losing a previous dispute ruling, Canada is preventing retailers and food service operations where from accessing tariff 
freight quotas and buying U.S. dairy goods, according to the office of the USTR. Canada's TRQ allocation system is not only a violation of USMCA, it directly harms American dairy farmers, processors, and other workers by unfairly restricting access to their market, said Jim Mulhern, president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Association. Finally, here's today's She Said It. We are checking our calendar every day to make sure that it's not 2015 anymore. That Public Lands Council Executive Director Caitlin Glover on recent Biden administration actions like waters of the U.S. and grazing regulations. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, February 1st, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Chuck Nally. 